Taiwan has announced two more cases of a new highly contagious COVID strain from the UK. Both individuals arrived in Taiwan last December and were matched to the mutant strain through genome sequencing. Taiwan now has four cases of the UK variant, including an elderly British national who is in critical condition. On Wednesday, both China Airlines and EVA Air extended their suspension of all London flights till the end of February. Taiwan has confirmed two more cases of a new highly contagious COVID variant from the UK. That brings Taiwan's tally to four. Among the infected is patient number 799, a British man in his 70s who's been put on a ventilator. Out of all the patients in isolation, his case is the most severe. He is older in his 70s. He has underlying cardiovascular conditions and he is overweight. So he already had several risk factors for a severe case of COVID. To contain the mutant virus, officials tracked down 216 people who arrived from the UK between December 13th and 22nd before tests became mandatory for every arrival. As of Wednesday, tests on four of them have come back positive. Also on Wednesday, health officials reported two more imported COVID cases, an Indonesian and a Philippine national who take Taiwan's total case count to 819. CECC advisor Zhang Shangchun says that so far, most patients have presented mild symptoms. If we take a look at the 262 cases reported from November to January 5th, the vast majority of them presented mild symptoms, or about 97 percent. Zhang said Taiwan's COVID death rate is just 0.9 percent, well below the world average of 2.1 percent. Amid the severe outbreak in the UK, China Airlines and EVA Air, which had previously cancelled all London flights for January, said all February flights on the route would be cancelled too. Taiwan hasn't closed its borders. During the pandemic, through everyone's efforts, Taiwan has been able to thrive. So I think that even if the pandemic continues, we'll be able to keep going for a long time on the strength of our collective efforts. With the threat of a new COVID variant looming, Health Minister Chen Shizhong appealed to the public for unity and cooperation. Stricter quarantine rules will soon snap in place to cope with the influx of travelers over Spring Festival. Starting January 15th, returning Taiwan nationals will no longer be allowed to quarantine at their family home unless all of their family members clear out. The policy has driven, driven up demand for rooms in dedicated quarantine facilities. To accommodate holiday travelers, the central government will make up to 2,000 rooms available at group quarantine centers. This is a hotel dedicated to Taiwan nationals who need to quarantine for 14 days. With the Lunar New Year approaching, rooms at such hotels are going fast. I called up several quarantine hotels in New Taipei City but couldn't book a room. The Lunar New Year is almost here. If the government could offer a new policy on quarantine hotels, this would be less of an inconvenience for returning Taiwanese businessmen. I hope that the government can give consideration to Taiwanese businessmen and arrange for there to be more quarantine hotels for our use. Starting January 15th, home quarantiners will no longer be allowed to share space with Taiwan residents. The policy has triggered a flood of bookings at quarantine hotels. Taipei City declared Tuesday that between January 11th and 28th, only those with local household registration will be allowed at the city's quarantine hotels. Taichung and Kaohsiung later announced the same policy. 
If Taipei and those other counties and cities restrict admission to those with local household registration, there would be a tremendous inconvenience for Taiwanese businessmen who fly into Taoyuan and Songshan. They would have to spend a great deal of time traveling out of town to the quarantine hotel. The policy will be in place between January 11th and 28th. Because this will be the peak travel period, we're giving priority to those with local registration. But if there are remaining rooms, we will provide them to those without Taipei registration. To meet the demand, the Central Epidemic Command Center said it will open 1,500 to 2,000 rooms at government facilities. Registration will start January 8th on the Quarantine System for Entry website. The fee per room will be 2,000 NT a day. Every year before Spring Festival, Taipei's Dihua Street comes alive with vendors selling snacks and shops offering traditional dried goods. But in these pandemic times, this year's market will likely be a much more subdued affair. The Taipei city government says that as a COVID precaution, it will ban food and drink vendors from the market premises. It also intends to prohibit free food sampling at the event, which starts on January 28th. In response to the bans, vendors say they'll try to find workarounds to keep the market exciting for shoppers. This Lunar New Year market is a frenzy of activity as vendors call out from the stands and offer samples to passers-by. This was last year's market at Taipei's Dihua Street, a popular place to buy New Year's goods. But this year, due to the pandemic, Taipei has banned food and drink stands at the market. Offering samples is also out of the question. People say they're not as interested in the market if it's got no free samples. Vendors say that a thin local crowd and the absence of tourists could send revenue dropping by more than half. We've already hit rock bottom. Can we fall any lower? We're already in such a state. I'm looking forward to the Lunar New Year market, but I believe we'll feel some impact. It's because of the pandemic. I think everyone can understand that. Public health is very important and being alive is more important. In 2019, vendors at Dihua Street's annual holiday market made a combined 1.5 billion NT. That fell to 1.2 billion NT in 2020. This year is likely to be even worse. It's the first time this has happened to us. Of course we're worried. So now we're exploring different ways to promote products. Also for the market itself, we might bring in a different assortment of vendors. The Dihua Street Market opens January 28th, with masks mandatory for all participants. Ahead of opening day, market organizers and city officials will work to balance public health and economic activity so as to minimize the losses of vendors. A campaign is underway to recall lawmakers over their support for U.S. pork containing rectopamin. A civic group called the Democratic Oversight Alliance announced the campaign on Wednesday, saying it would first collect signatures in Kaohsiung and Taichung. The lawmakers the group is targeting are mainly from the ruling DPP. After protesting outside the legislature for nearly a month, the Democratic Oversight Alliance ended its sit-down demonstration on Wednesday and announced stage two of its campaign. 
We are ending this here so that we can embark on an even longer road and shine even more brightly. We'll take our protest against Ractopork to each of the 22 cities and counties. We will collect signatures for an anti-Ractopork referendum and to recall pro-Ractopork lawmakers. The group stressed that its sit-down protest was only the beginning of a journey that would span all Taiwan cities and counties. Besides collecting signatures for a referendum on pork, it would collect them for petitions to recall lawmakers who supported the government policy. The first stop on its journey will be Kaohsiung. I'll start from Kaohsiung and Taichung, where I'll fire the first and second shots of this battle. Then we might move on to Taipei and New Taipei. In particular, we will go after Rosalia Wu, who keeps flip-flopping on the issue, and Su Chaohui, who is the daughter of Premier Su Zhenchang. There's also Lai Pingyu. I think all of them should be recalled. Targets of the recall campaign include lawmaker Chiu Yiying, who represents Qishan and Meinong. There's also Liu Shifang of Nanzi and Zhuoying, and Li Kunze of Sanmin and Lingya. Over in Taichung, Chen Wei is among those in the crosshairs. There's also Rosalia Wu, Su Chaohui, and Lai Pingyu. Any lawmaker that casts a yes vote for pork is game. There's nothing I want to say on that. I support freedom of speech. I also hope that we can all monitor the government closely as it manages border controls for Ractopork. Many people find the policy unacceptable. So if individuals initiate movements to recall lawmakers in favor of the policy, of course, I'd be glad to see their efforts come to fruition. Of course, I would assist them when necessary. As of Wednesday, no pork imports have arrived on Taiwan's shores, but the political debate surrounding the imports is as hot as ever. With referendums and recalls on the horizon, 2021 is looking to be an interesting year. Taiwan issued more than 457,000 new license plates for cars in 2020. That's 4% more than the year before and the most plates in 15 years. Interest in cars may have been fueled by the pandemic, which sent more people than ever on domestic holidays. Auto sales were also energized by the government's subsidy for vehicle trade-ins. Throughout last year, the demand for imported cars exceeded supply. Domestic car assemblers got a boost too. In 2020, the top three cars built in Taiwan were Toyota, Mitsubishi and Nissan. The Taiex got off to a roaring start on Wednesday before losing all its gains and ending slightly down. The weighted index surged to nearly 15,200 points after the bell, led by TSMC and Honghai. But choppy trading set in shortly after the opening rally, and the Taiex finished the session down 16.9 points at 14,982. It was also a volatile day over on the Forex. The Taiwan dollar rose past 28 NT against the greenback before tumbling back under apparent central bank intervention. It's wintertime, and with chilly temperatures all over Taiwan, how are animals at zoos staying warm? Kaohsiung Shoushan Zoo has given orangutans rip-resistant vinyls to use as blankets. Meanwhile, over in Taipei, zookeepers are cooking up custom-made meals to keep the animals warm. Our very own Stephanie Yang went down to the menagerie. We're currently at the Taipei City Zoo's Penguin Dome. Today, we're going to find out what zookeepers are doing to keep animals warm during the winter. Cotton-top tamarins huddle together to sip ginger tea, while macaws eat fruit topped with ginger powder. These are just some of the meals that the Taipei City zookeepers have prepared for the animals in the dome. 
The ingredients of these custom-made meals include ginger and turmeric powder. The uh, chimpanzee and the orangutans we also provide the ginger soup for them, and also we provide other um, clothes for them to to uh, against the the cold. It's the first winter for the animals in the Pangolin Dome. Meanwhile, for aquatic animals, zookeepers have adjusted the water temperature in the aquarium to 25 to 28 degrees Celsius. The, for the aquatic uh, fishes, we provide the, uh, the water uh, temperature that's about uh, 25 degrees to 28 degrees for them to, to live in. And for the mammals and for the tortoise, we provide the uh, heat light land in the nest box so they can stay in the nest box to uh, get the, the warm. What about pandas? They stay warm thanks to the heating in their enclosure. Uh, air condition, they have the cold and the heat. So we have the heat on for land. Over at Shoushanzhu in Kaohsiung, orangutans grab a large stretch of vinyl. It's not for them to play with, though, but to wrap up warm. Zookeepers say these vinyl banners are more durable than regular blankets. The orangutans like to tear the blankets. This canvas has better windproof effect. It keeps them warmer and it's less likely to be torn. There are also birds from the tropics, so zookeepers have installed heat lamps to keep them warm. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Taitan Hunt in Taipei. With the winter program to prevent the spread of COVID-19 while underway, athletes are struggling to keep up their sports regimens. Many find wearing a mask dramatically hampers their breathing while working out. Now, a team of researchers at National Taiwan Sports University has invented a special sports mask that solves the problem. Wearing a mask to run, I'm huffing and puffing. Now a new sports mask allows you to exercise and breathe easily. Here in a lab at National Taiwan Sports University, athletes work out in the black mask, lifting weights or running on the treadmill. A normal mask would make their heart rate shoot up. They can't go for more than five minutes like that. Normal masks block my nose and I can't exhale. That means when I'm exhaling here, I can't, I mean, even talking like this, I'm struggling to breathe properly. We've made some designs for our athletes who need to wear masks indoors. They have tubes for inhalation and exhalation. When indoors, there's an outer mask layer which filters the air being exhaled. Gong Rongtang is a seasoned coach of Taiwan's national baseball team. His newly developed mask separates in and out breath and includes a frame that stops the mask from clinging to your face on the in-breath, allowing an athlete to smoothly exhale large amounts of carbon dioxide. 100% of the carbon dioxide is expelled from the mask. It prevents you from re-inhaling the carbon dioxide you just exhaled and therefore hyperventilating, so it's very easy to use during exercise. The team has applied for a patent and is looking for an industrial partner to help manufacture replaceable filters, both anti-fogging and medical grade. That would make the mask suitable for widespread use. The strawberry season is here again, and many families will want to stock up on the fruit, but also head out to a leisure farm to pick their own. Let's meet a young strawberry farmer in Xinju who has a background that might surprise you. He was headed for a very different career when he decided the farming life was his calling. 
The young man crouched in the greenhouse to pick strawberries is not on a pick-your-own holiday. He's the boss of the farm. 35-year-old Xie Jingyuan is a former STARS student with a Master of Science in Management from Boston University. But on returning to Taiwan, he decided on a complete career change to the shock of his family. At first, they found it hard to understand, of course. Mostly, they thought I was trying to escape the pressures of the job hunt or something, so they would say things like that. But after a year or two, they realized I wasn't just messing around. She has set his heart on organic farming, but with no experience, he first completed a year's apprenticeship at another farm. Then he decided to create this organic strawberry farm in Xinzhu's Guanxi Township. He was named one of Taiwan's top 100 young farmers in an annual award ceremony. Basically, everything you're looking at here is the apple strawberry variety. They have several good qualities, such as firm flesh, which is an advantage in deliveries because they hold up better during shipping. In developing the business, Xie has also planted the vanilla strawberry variety, which smells super sweet and is less sour than other types. He uses LED lights to give them the best care. These are our grow lights. With strawberries grown in greenhouses in the north in winter, there is quite a high chance they won't get enough light because of bad weather. Especially with this very mainstream variety, the vanilla strawberry, it can easily change color if it doesn't get enough light. It can go kind of pale white and then it loses its market value. Xie makes sure to use the best technology to help his strawberries grow, in the process proving that just because you're a star student, it doesn't mean you're necessarily destined for life in an office. If you're looking for a relaxed nature getaway to kick off 2021, we found the perfect spot. A hotel in Hualien has a fully functional kitchen garden where it grows its own herbs. They even raise their own free-range chickens. And there's one unusual surprise in the garden that makes the spot a Shangri-La for contemplative types. Whatever could it be? Let's find out. Steam rises from the hot pot. On a chilly day like this, it's the perfect dinner. A Hualien hotel has created an organic vanilla hot pot that includes its own home-reared free-range chicken, and it's made quite a stir. It's defied my expectations. The meat is very tender. The skin tastes so thin. The layer of oil with no meat is delicious. The juicy chicken was fed on organic vanilla. Even more amazing are the Five Phases homemade noodles, coloured with squash, beetroot, charcoal and spinach. These carefully arranged organic vegetables were all grown on a small local farm, including the famous Jian Taro. Its firm texture is so Moorish. After you've finished, head just outdoors for a stroll in the kitchen garden, where the vanilla grows. Brush your hands through the herbs and a beautiful scent floats up to your nose. The 400-ping labyrinth is lined with corridors of vanilla plants. Guests are encouraged to walk it barefoot for a truly relaxing and soul-nourishing treat. You can walk the whole labyrinth in about 40 minutes. We have about 30 to 40 different varieties of vanilla in the garden. We replant them according to the seasons. Over the course of a year, we have over 100 varieties appearing across the garden. This is the kind of tranquil spot where time slows down to a leisurely amble. If you're looking for a late winter getaway, why not head down for a break among the vanilla flowers?